Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. Welcome to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. This is Dr. Dan. Freedom Forum Radio is for you, faithful listeners, no matter who you voted for or what political party you belong to. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is not about politics. It's about principle. It's not about candidates. It's about conscience and the Constitution. Like the name implies, this is a program about freedom, individual freedom, your freedom, where it comes from, what it means to you, and most importantly, how to hang on to it. You are listening to part two of this very special three-part interview with best-selling author Matt Bracken right here on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. You're absolutely right. But you know, you mentioned language. You're an author. What does this bring to mind? George Orwell's 1984, where they took Newspeak. They took words which should mean one thing, and they made them mean something 180 degrees opposite. And that's what we're dealing with right now. It's a lawyer thing. It's all part of postmodernist deconstruction, which is intended to rot and undermine the foundations of Western civilization, to, to take away our strengths and make them weaknesses, because people will be ashamed of their own strengths instead of proud of them. Well, that's obviously true, is because you know that during the pioneer period in this country, we had strengths. We had physical strengths, we had cunning, we had honesty, we had integrity, we had people who believed in our country. Those were the strengths that America has used for the last 230 years to grow into the nation that we are today, or that we were that we were and would be really nice if we could get back to. But those are the strengths that we had, and those have been systematically destroyed, diminished, mocked, uh, derided by people who want to enslave all of us. And I think... Very effectively, too. You know, I I hooked up with a a videographer. I don't know if you've seen this video on YouTube. Yes, I have. On democide... Right. Uh, socialism, tyranny, guns, and freedom. Bill Ayers was the was one of the leading found leaders and founders of the Weather Underground. He was their so-called minister of education. But after he stopped making nail bombs, he went into academic education. So instead of making nail bombs, he makes textbooks that are psychic nail bombs. And he's been a leading educator. He's one of the people who's 
you know, who's determining what textbooks millions of kids have been reading for the last 30 and 40 years. Well, that goes along with the, the basic program, which is to destroy the American family, destroy our morals, to take our children in government schools and to teach them uh, not to love our country, to teach them that they're citizens of the world, not citizens of the United States. All of this is a program that has been planned by these evil people over the last 50 years or so to destroy us as a nation. Well, now we're, now we're getting to the crunch time, though, because the way, you know, an analogy I use is, is uh, uh, bowling, bowling pins filled with nitroglycerin. As long as they're just standing there in the alley, it all looks very orderly and safe. But as soon as one falls, there's going to be a chain reaction. Uh, I, don't, I can't think of another, of another uh, uh, country or empire that's ever had 50 million people living completely on the government dole. I, I, even in the Roman era, you know, with the bread and circuses, I don't know if it was to that extent. But right now, our, our cities are tinderboxes that are primed to explode. I think that the evil people that really do understand these things, they believe that in that chaos and, and confusion, they're going to be able to establish martial law and rule by emergency decree, and that'll be the end of our freedom. I think that's their, their general game plan, but I don't think that it's going to be anything that they can control once, it, once it's let out of the, uh, you know, the genies out of the bottle. I agree with you absolutely that that is their game plan. They've said it time and time again in many different ways. They want food to... is really the ultimate weapon. Well, of course. And I'll give you an example of that. Uh, several years ago down in Atlanta, uh, they put an announcement in the paper. They, they were going to hand out Section 8 housing applications. Um, they had about 450 applications. They didn't bother to tell anybody that. And the, the office was set to open at 9 o'clock. At 6 o'clock in the morning, people started coming there to get those applications. By 9 o'clock, when they were ready to open the doors, there were 30,000 people there. These people were fighting with each other. They were, they were hitting each other, pushing. There was, there was stabbings. There was fighting. Absol- and, and all for an application for Section 8 housing. And they weren't even hungry. <laughs> you know, you just took the words out of my mouth because that's exactly <laughs> what I was saying. I said, and they weren't even hungry. And that gives you an example of what will happen in the cities. But that comes back to the scenario that you, that you bring about in your books and why the Second Amendment is so important for us, because I believe there is a strong cadre of people who have taken that oath to defend, this, to defend the Constitution against enemies foreign and domestic. I think there's huge, huge millions of people who do believe in that oath, and that's, I think, will ultimately is our best chance of having something to save this nation in well, the future. It, you know, I, something that I saw in field team was that there are a large number, a large segment that are thrilled beyond measure if they're invited into the CEO's office to meet a spook who will then uh, take the guy out for lunch and invite him to go into a black program where he won't have to obey the regular rules. He can grow his hair long, go to foreign countries. That's the, that's the biggest thrill, the highest honor that some people can think that they can get. 
is to get into one of these black budget organizations and where they'll not basically be unaccountable. And these guys, a lot of them, they really wouldn't care if their mission was to uh, shoot a pesky politician. They really wouldn't care. There are people who are very amoral in our military. They're a minority. And I'm not worried about the, the, the military in general. And I'm not worried about police departments in general. I'm not worried about the FBI in general. What I'm worried about, and this is a theme that I hit very hard in uh, Enemies Foreign and Domestic, if you have an evil leader who selects for evil people, it's very easy to do today with social network analysis and other things. It's easy to find the, you know, the amoral people and segregate them into a group where they'll all reinforce each other's lack of morals. So I'm not worried about, you know, will the FBI agents in Baltimore or San Diego as a group do illegal and immoral things? No, I don't think they will. But if you ask for volunteers, you know, two or three from each resident agency that are going to go into a special program where they're going to be able to take the gloves off, they're going to, they're, they're, they're going to be a problem because they will, you know, be able to uh, find guys that will be restricted by any, any moral uh, uh, calculations at all. We've got to take a quick commercial break right here on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. More with best-selling author Matt Bracken right after the break. Well, again, and I don't, I don't know if you want to go at all into the the theme of your books, but you've been touching on it obviously here in this uh, enemies, foreign and domestic. But I think you're going to find rogue people everywhere. I th- that is, that is, as you said, that is not a problem. Right, but you can get rogue leaders who select rogues specifically right. for their own evil purposes. And these are the guys that will be the, the false flag operation guys. These are the guys that will be willing to leverage their lack of morals and do things to, for example, blame the patriot movement, or I should say in their point of view, patriot movement. You know, they, these are exactly the guys who would uh, leave false clues, you know, after false shootings, because they think that the ends justify the means. That's a basic communist tenet. The ends justify the means. Well, you know, there always has been that tendency in law enforcement. I mean, you always hear stories about uh, law officers dropping a, dropping a gun or carrying a gun that they can drop at a crime scene to protect themselves when a shooting has occurred. Uh, you always hear these stories about officers who will drop a bag of cocaine or, or some other incriminating evidence uh, that they carry with them when they need to. Uh, you know, we cannot, there's nothing that we can do about immoral people in that sense. They've been immoral people since the beginning of time. But what we have to do is we have to realize, as far as I'm concerned, that we have a band of brothers who took that oath and will not forget it. But there's there's a band of brothers on the other side too, and they've been they've been uh, putting these people into judgeships. They've been putting them into their they're now U.S. attorneys, and they're not they're completely rogue. They consider the Constitution. They roll their eyes when they hear the word. 
It's completely an obstacle to be worked around. You know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the, uh, the Reese family case in New Mexico, but these are guys that wouldn't play ball with the Fast and Furious crowd and have been persecuted for the last two years. Uh, the, they, the Two of them spent 17 months in prison. All of them spent some time in prison. Two of them have just spent 17 months in prison. The same U.S. attorneys that were helping to cover up the murders of hundreds of Mexicans are doing everything that they can to ruin and destroy and imprison this family. And they're, they're doing it, it's, it's almost, if this was like a Grisham novel, it would take a bigger writer than a Grisham to write this, because you have, and they're not even rogue, because they're becoming fairly mainstream within you know, the federal prosecution offices, the U.S. attorney's offices. These guys are able now to refer cases to judges that they know are also ideologically corrupt, like they are. And a, an ideologically corrupt U.S. attorney or federal judge is an extreme danger to our republic, much more so than a, than a, a, a venally uh, corrupt, you know, greedy person like a Jesse Jackson Jr. Uh, or, you know, a congressman that goes to jail, a Duncan Hunter. Those guys are nothing. They find them with a bag of money. They go to jail. They're in disgrace. These ideologically corrupt people are true believers in the progressive cause, and they are willing to send cases to each other to railroad innocent people. And that's very dangerous. And that's happening, and a perfect example of it is this Reese case in New Mexico. If this was a liberal cause... You know, a Karen Silkwood or, or a um, Aaron Brockovich, Steven Spielberg would be down there making huge movies. Grissom would be writing novels. But it's happening for real. But it's a family of, you know, of firearms licensed uh, uh, you know, FFL dealers. So they're, they're like the Kulak class. They can be murdered, massacred, perjured. It just doesn't matter. They can be completely rubbed out ground under the boots of Big Brother, and the liberal mainstream media, they could care less. Nobody is paying attention to this case, and it's just a paradigm for things that are coming you know, with these corrupt attor- U.S. attorneys and judges. Well, you know that, that obviously the complicity of the press in all of this is one of the main reasons that we're in the trouble that we're in. That's right. American it- Pravda. If, that's right. I mean, if we had a press that used to be the whistleblower 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, the press was the whistleblowers. They were the ones who were out there doing the true investigative reporting. They were finding these evil people, the finding the immoral people. They were outing them and making sure that the justice system took care of them. That has gone by the wayside. The press now they're is, helping in the cover-up. They've been now that today's today's Woodward's and Bernstein's, not to mention specifically Bob Woodward, who's at least you know uh, going against the grain a little bit today. But the today's investigative journalists, instead of uncovering Watergate, are so to speak helping Nixon cover it up. It's it's unbelievable. You know, Fast and Furious, hundreds dead, and they help to cover it up. Benghazi, they help to cover it up. I mean, we really are past a tipping point, a dangerous tipping point. And the, when the 
when a gangster government, which is what I call our regime now, when a gangster government feels safe on its flanks, that it, it feels that it's not going to be attacked by the media, that it's going to be protected by the media, they move forward rapidly. They're, I think that they're using what I would call the Hugo Chavez playbook, and they've reached the point where I don't even think they care what Rush Limbaugh says. They think that they've got a permanent majority and protection from most of the media, so they're going flank speed ahead on, on their progressive agenda. No question. I mean, we're, they've been using the Saul Alinsky uh, playbook, and they just keep progressing along throughout the years, using whatever playbook you know suits them. But this issue with the press is one that's been obviously most troubling uh, to a lot of us because... This is where they get away with things. This is what allows them to do what they do and never, ever be called upon it. Never be called on it, and they don't have to pay the price. That's, that's really the most dangerous thing we have now. We have no whistleblower. We have no one to call attention. And when you have a population which is, by and large, uh, uninterested, disengaged in any of this discussion that you and I are having right now, and you don't have a press to hold it over the head and say, wait a minute, you know, turn off the, the channel that you're watching because it really doesn't mean anything. Listen to what I have to tell you. Your freedom is at stake here. I, I'm, I'm amazed that we, we really are in a bread and circuses culture. This case, this Jody Arias case, yeah. there are, at any given time, a hundred equally interesting murder cases going on. But they are spending hours and hours and hours a day with panels of experts, psychologists, doctors, lawyers, you know, dissecting every blink that this lady makes. But they can't, for example, Cheryl Atkinson, who's been trying to do good work at CBS News, both over Fast and Furious and Benghazi, she can't get a second on the CBS Evening News. She is reduced to sending out tweets with her 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 new uh, discoveries. These are mostly things we knew months ago, but there she is, a reporter at CBS. They'll spend an hour a day on Jody Arias, and they won't give Cheryl Atkinson ten seconds to talk about Fast and Furious or Benghazi. Well, that's. I mean, they're obviously the press is being used to entertain the masses and keep them from having any inkling whatsoever of what's going on in, 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 in reality. We're in, a, we're in a bread and circuses era. The average welfare recipient has a giant flat-screen TV, free food via the electronic benefit transfer system, free entertainment, free telephone, free cell phone, and, you know, ample drugs either prescribed or unprescribed so there's really you know there's no link to them there's no reality link to what's going on but the reality link is going to happen when the system fractures and the free food goes away well the system is going to be a total explosion well the system is going to fracture because we are a society now of two classes we have the provider class and the recipient class and that that cannot last forever because the provider class gets to a point where it either cannot uh, provide or refuses to provide for the recipient class, and that's when things uh, start to fall apart. That concludes part two of three of this very special interview with best-selling author Matt Bracken. 
Tune in next week for the conclusion. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Original sin.